0: Hello, and welcome to the Campus to the Pros podcast. I'm your host, Hugh Burns, and this is the first episode of Hopefully Many. Um, I'm just here in my basement talking about sports, thing I love. Um, not a sports expert, but I watch a lot of sports, and why not talk about it and have some fun? Uh, I'm going to get right into this. We're going to be talking about college football 1st Um been looking forward to it for a couple months now with... Obviously, once Stanley Cup playoffs end and the NBA Finals end it's just baseball. Baseball is very fun to watch, very entertaining for me, but college football is just on a whole nother level of amazing. So we got week zero, not the best games, but it is college football. Season officially kicked off with Austin P and Western Kentucky. Um, Austin P actually kind of put up a fight in this game. They were over 30 point underdogs. They still ended up losing 38-27, but they at least made it an interesting game. Western Kentucky lost Bailey Zappi to the uh, NFL, so it was kind of a question mark. He had probably the best college football season of all time, passed Joe Burrow in passing yard. D.A. plays for Western Kentucky, probably not the best competition, but still. Western Kentucky brings in a transfer quarterback, Those for 280 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. So Western Kentucky's probably going to have that crazy offense again, throwing the ball all over the place. They're always a fun team to watch. One of the most fun, like, bottom-tier teams. They're just running that tempo, going all game, throwing the ball. They're a fun team to watch. But then the first big game, Power 5 game, Nebraska-Northwestern and Dublin-Ireland. And this game is just... Nebraska does what Nebraska does. Um, It's just crazy. You're up by... They start off the game. their first drive Casey Thompson looked amazing The transfer quarterback from Texas Looked amazing in the first half For sure he looked amazing That first drive, they were slinging it All over the place, everything was clicking They looked like they had everything Going right for them They throw the touchdown to Garcia Castaneda That jump ball I'm like alright, Nebraska looks really good And then they get up by 11 And Scott Frost Trying to do too much onside kick for pretty much no reason there's no reason to onside kick when you're up 11 you have all the momentum make Northwestern drive down the field on you but he does the onside kick gives him great field position and I feel like that flips the whole momentum of this game Nebraska or yeah Nebraska ends up losing this game by three points of course one possession and they just continue what they had from last year they just can't win a close game Casey Thompson, 25 of 42 for 355 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. In the first half, he looked like a great starting quarterback. Like this guy can lead you to a great season. And then in the second half, it looks like, why is this guy even playing college football? It's like something just happens to Nebraska at halftime. Or there's just a point in the game where it's like, all right, we're winning. We got all the momentum. And then it just goes away. And you end up losing just on something completely stupid. They just do this all the time. It's a killer for Nebraska fans. Like, maybe you're going to have a good season here after the disaster last year. Like, what, are they, 0-8 in one possession games? That's just crazy. They go 3-9. and And then they just come out and they do the same exact thing that they've been doing. What they wanted to fix... And they lose by 3 to Northwestern Who is not that good of a team This is definitely a game Nebraska should have won Ryan Helinski Looked great for Northwestern 27 of 38 314 yards, 2 touchdowns, that's a great game They ran the ball Well, Hull had 119 Yards and a touchdown Northwestern just controlled the whole second half Of the game, once the onside kick Happened, they controlled the game Nebraska's defense Did not look good, that's the one thing they'd their defense did not look good most of the game. Holinsky was throwing it wherever he wanted to. And Holinsky's not, like, a great passing quarterback. I mean, he's a good quarterback. But last year, sort of said, he wasn't even average. Like, maybe 200 yards a game. So him dotting up your defense like that, not the best thing. But lose another game by three points. And Northwestern's punter really changed this game. I know it's... a. Uh, we didn't talk about punters like that, but there are a lot of times Nebraska has momentum, they get a stop, and then Northwestern's punter puts them on the one, or inside the five. And then Northwestern can start playing the field position game, get the ball back, drive down the field and score. That, it was huge for them to be able to flip the field like that. The, the punter for Northwestern was one of the MVPs of this game, very overlooked part of the game, and he did a great job. UNLV plays Idaho State. I'm not going to lie to anyone. I didn't watch a second of this game. Um, it looks like UNLV played pretty good, 52-21. to Their quarterback, Brumfield, threw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Maybe UNLV's a sleeper team this year. I know they play a couple tough games, yet they play at Notre Dame. Maybe they can pull an upset. Probably not, but maybe they're a team to watch out for. Utah State-UConn. I did watch a little bit of this one. Yukon a lot better than people expected. I mean UConn's kind of that team that's like, all right, it's Yukon, they're gonna lose by hundred points, twenty-four point underdogs. They were winning this game fourteen to nothing at one point until they get outscored twenty-four to nothing in that second quarter. Yukon has the transfer quarterback from I believe they have a transfer quarterback. Could be wrong though. Their quarterback played all I mean, not very good, 12-31, 12-31. 109 yards, touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, It's UConn. I mean, they're going to struggle. Their football program has became a dump. Um, I'm surprised they kept it this close with Utah State. Utah State has to go play Alabama next week. Uh, That should be a massacre. Alabama's going to destroy them. Now I move on to another Big Ten opponent. Not a Big Ten opponent. a Big Ten team. Illinois wins 38 to six over Wyoming. Another game, this is supposed to happen. They're just getting ready for the season. They were only 14-point favorites, but they come out and they play pretty good. Florida State destroys Duquesne. I mean, what do we expect here? Wouldn't have been extremely surprised if Florida State kept this game very close or lost. Because that would just be a Florida State thing to do. But no, they took care of business. They win this game by 40 yeah, they didn't they didn't have a Jacksonville State moment happen this year so so far. Uh FAU plays Charlotte, wins this game 43 13. Once again another game. Who really cares? I mean, unless you're an FAU fan or a Charlotte fan, no one's really watching this game. Another Power Five team though, North Carolina against FAMU. FAMU had some problems getting to North Carolina. Uh something was wrong. I don't know what happened. But there were rumors that this game wasn't even going to be played. But it ends up getting played. North Carolina wins it pretty easily. Um, Yeah, it's hard to gauge a team. Like, I could say, yeah, their offense looked very good. They scored 56 points. But you're playing FAMU, you don't really know. They do play Appalachian State next week. That's a test. That's when you're going to see, all right, is this team legit? They have some early tests. They play Notre Dame, Miami, Pitt. They're going to have a tough schedule So they're going to have to ramp it up quick They looked pretty good though They took care of business They didn't have struggles with FAMU They played good Nevada takes on New Mexico State Wins 23-12 Another game Not much going on I mean Two mid-tier teams Move on to the night Night games North Texas beats UTEP 31-13 Another one All right but Vanderbilt against Hawaii, people were looking forward to this game. I mean, Vandy Clarkley comes out, says they're going to be one of the best teams in the country, or something something crazy like that that you should not be saying when you're the coach of Vanderbilt. But I don't know what they really expect him to say when they ask those questions. He's not going to come out and say that his team's not going to be good. But they beat Hawaii in Hawaii, 63-10. to 10. I don't know if this is like Vanderbilt is like kind of legit and they're going to maybe keep some games close in the SEC or is Hawaii just really really bad it could be a little bit of both it probably is a little bit of both Vanderbilt's quarterback right he ran and threw for a lot of yards in this game threw for 146 and two touchdowns ran for 163 and two touchdowns I don't know how you lose 63 to 10 to Vanderbilt I don't care who you are and then Hawaii in a couple weeks goes into Michigan in a night game in the big house. That's gonna be Michigan could put up eighty plus on them, not even not even thinking about it. That's so that's that's week zero. I mean, college football is back, but is it really? I mean, not many great games. Pretty much the only good game was Nebraska Northwestern, which it was a great game. Came down to the wire, wasn't a blowout, a nice power five game. But it really starts to kick up this week. Thursday, you've got a couple good games. West Virginia Pitt, it's where game day is going. Game day on a Thursday is very weird, but hey, we'll take it. You also got Penn State at Purdue. Could be a little upset alert. Um, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue. Great quarterback. Dark Horse Heisman candidate. And then Friday, you've got a couple more good games. Western Michigan plays Michigan State. And then you get into Saturday, where you've actually got some very good games. Oregon, Georgia. Um, Notre Dame, Ohio State, obviously, at night. Utah, Florida. There's just some great games in Week 1. I'll probably go over a Week 1 preview. Maybe Thursday, I'm thinking I'm going to record the second episode. But now we're going to move on to the just the off season of college football. It was crazy. One of the craziest off seasons in recent memory for college football Usually it's just players leaving, maybe a couple transfers, a couple coaches leave. But this year, it went off the charts with the NIL coming in. Lincoln Riley leaves for USC. Caleb Williams follows him. Mario Williams follows him. Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner, also goes to USC. It's just a crazy time in college football. Brett Venables from Clemson goes and fills the shoes at Oklahoma Dylan Gabriel transfers from UCF to Oklahoma to be that quarterback. Spencer Rattler also leaves Oklahoma, goes to a different USC, South Carolina. Just so many changes. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to join his family in LSU. Jaden Daniels from Arizona State transfers into LSU. Marcus Freeman takes over at Notre Dame, who is one of the best recruiters in the country. I mean, he's only played one game, and he's racking in all the recruits. And I don't think, Notre Dame's one of those teams, I don't think they're paying their recruits. I think they're just going there. Um, Yeah, Notre Dame doesn't strike me as the team that's going to cheat. And I'm not going to say cheat, but they're not going to pay their players. They're one of those schools that has their morals together. They're not going to do any NIL stuff, which could lose them out on some recruits. We see Keon Keely decommit. And then there's the whole drama, speaking of NIL, with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Um, Nick Saban saying that Texas a is paying all their players. Um, Jimbo Fisher calling Nick Saban a narcissist. He's can't handle losing. I don't know. It's That's going to be a fun game when they play each other. Texas a m did upset Alabama last year, so you know Nick Saban's not happy. And Will Anderson said we don't do any talking. We do it all on the field, so... I'm praying for that Texas A&M line because they're going to have to block Will Anderson when he's not happy and that's not that's not going to be fun. So after moving on from that, we're going to move on to the NFL. Just preseason just wrapped up yesterday. Um been a pretty interesting preseason. I mean, as preseason's go. It's not the most insane time of the year. You've had some players that have broken out. Um you think about Chris Olave didn't really break out, didn't play much. But I'm sure everyone saw the video on Twitter, him cooking that guy. He also caught a touchdown against the Packers. There's suspend and then a standout. Brian Robinson Jr. for Washington was looking like he was gonna take the starting job from Antonio Gibson. And then the sad news comes out yesterday that he was shot multiple times in an attempted robbery. He is okay, they're saying. He's in stable conditions, not life-threatening, but still, prayers out to him, speedy recovery. He was just starting to break through. You've got to feel bad for the guy. Um, it was, they. people were thinking that he was going to get named the starting running back maybe today or yesterday even, and then that happened. It's just very sad, very sad thing to happen. Um, You got Khalil Shakir on Buffalo, the wide receiver from Boise State. 151 receiving yards this preseason. That's pretty good. Probably didn't play full time. Um, Desmond Ritter for Atlanta. Late round quarterback taken. Not late, but not early. Um, He was pretty good. I mean, 10 of 13, 143 yards. He played against the Lions through that game-winning touchdown. Lions going to Lions on that one You also got Malik Willis Who had a very good preseason Got a lot of exciting highlights Him running around Lamar Jackson-esque Just running around and creating his own play Dax Hill for the Bengals He had a good preseason Taken late in the first round Definitely a sleeper I am from Detroit I'm a Michigan fan So I would love to see Daxon Hill succeed He's One of my favorite players at Michigan You got Damian Pierce on the Texans. Not much competition for that top running back spot. He's he's got it locked down at this point. Um, He had a good preseason. And Isaiah Likely from Baltimore. Um, Late round pick as a tight end. Probably more of a wide receiver. Not very good at blocking, which, you know, the Ravens, you got to be good at blocking to play tight end there. So he's probably going to go out and play wide receiver. He had a 100-yard performance in Week 2 just in the first half. So he's looking like he's going to be really good. Also for the Ravens, Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown, two quarterbacks that look like like Anthony Brown. I don't know yet. He's still a rookie out of Oregon. But he could be a, NFL back, a good NFL backup, probably going to get cut from the Ravens, though they have Huntley, pretty much Lamar Jackson 2.0. Obviously not as good, but he could be a starting quarterback somewhere in the league. Speaking of the starting quarterbacks, we got Kenny Pickett. I don't know if he's going to get the start. It looks like, based on yesterday's preseason game, it is going to be Mitch Trubisky. He played a lot of the first half against the Lions. looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, Kenny Pickett is he looked good in the preseason. But I think starting Trubisky is the right move if they do that, because then Kenny Pickett can come in later if you want. Because it's harder to start Kenny Pickett and then have to bench him later in the year if he's not doing as well. You don't want to bench that top pick. So just let him sit behind Trubisky if Trubisky starts not doing too too well or they feel like Kenny Pickett deserves a chance. Let him play a little bit. He had a good preseason. I think it's a good pick for the Steelers trying to replace Big Ben. He had a great season in college. He's just a great player. But speaking of the Steelers, yesterday in their preseason game, kind of getting... A lot of slack on Twitter. T.J. Watt and Deontay Johnson go down, get hurt, removed from the game. Doesn't look like anything serious. Mike Tomlin does not seem concerned at all, which is great news. But why is T.J. Watt playing so much in the preseason finale? I mean, you know that he's one of the best players in the league. Maybe to knock the rust off, but still, he played a lot of drive. I would say first drive, get him out. Just get, knock the rust off, get him into a game environment, and then get him out. He doesn't need to be playing two quarters of a preseason game and then he hurts his knee. It's Thank God that it's not something serious. Because that would be very unfortunate for them if something like that happened. Also news yesterday, Tom Brady ranked the number one player in the NFL. Um, I don't really care for those rankings. They're kind of stupid in my opinion. Yeah, they're voted on by the players, but I just think they're stupid. I don't care who the best player in the league is. Best player in the league is going to be the MVP at the end of the season. So I think top 100 is kind of stupid, but Tom Brady does win it. So good for him, I guess. He's probably won it about 100 times. Now we're going to move on to the MLB, which is probably going to be one of the longest segments of the day because... The, this is the MLB season. We, we got college football in week zero. NFL still in the preseason. But the MLB is kicking it into gear. We got playoff races. And we've got a lot to talk about in the MLB. We're going to start off with the Yankees. Because I feel like everyone's interested in the Yankees. Not many people like the Yankees. And they... Coming off a two-game sweep of the Mets. They take on the A's. Win the first two games. Like The Yankees fans got to be like, Alright, we're back. We've won... Four or five straight They won five straight at that point Finish off with a win against the Blue Jays Sweep the Mets, win the first two against the A's And then you lose the last two games To an inferior opponent The A's are not a good baseball team At all One of the worst teams in the league You can't afford to lose those last two games Lose one of them in 11 innings 3-2 to two. Lose the second one 4-1 to one. Your offense completely disappears I mean the Yankees have a playoff spot locked up But you got to start worrying about them. Since the All Star break, they have not been good. They're starting to pick it up a little bit. But they had, if I can remember right, they had like a 14 or 15 game lead. It's down to 7.5 to Tampa Bay. I don't think they're. I don't think Tampa's threatening at all to take that spot. But once it gets to the playoffs, the Yankees have. They might. They're going to choke. That's what the word around everywhere is the Yankees are going to choke. They're gonna to have to prove that wrong, and right now they're not doing that. But I think don't want to peek at the wrong time, so just get this little rot out of the way, get into the playoffs, and get hot again. And I think they will do that. Now the Mariners take on Cleveland, which is a big game. Cleveland's leading the AL Central still after this. Seattle in the playoff hunt. The American League Wild Card race very tight at the top, and the Mariners take three out of four. From Cleveland Big series for Seattle Um, It's huge that they take Three out of those four games Um, Pitching was amazing Gave up one run, two runs, four runs In the loss and then a shutout To end it Now the Mariners travel to Detroit to take on the Tigers Who are not a very good team Mariners can definitely win At least two of these three Then they go back to Cleveland But that's a big series for them Because Toronto and Baltimore are right there with them And speaking of Baltimore, they take on Houston for three games. And they win two of those three, which is huge for Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is America's team right now. Hard for them not to be. Just they come out of nowhere. And they're competing for the wildcard spot. They win two out of these three games against a great Astros team. Astros' offense pretty much just disappears. They score four runs in three games. They win the last one. Where Justin Verlander started Out after three innings Which is concerning They said it's just something with his calf Shouldn't be out long term They're not concerned You just hope that doesn't linger Hopefully he misses maybe one start Or he's back his next start But you don't want that lingering into the playoffs Houston is pretty much a lock for the play; They are a lock for the playoffs So you just want him healthy for that Baltimore now only one and a half games back Of Toronto for that wild card spot They play Toronto a couple times before the season ends. They travel to Cleveland for their next series. So, I'm I'm on the O's bandwagon. Go Baltimore. Hopefully they can make the playoffs. Now the Red Sox take on the Rays. Another big game for the wild card is the Rays are sitting in the first wild card spot. A game and a half up on Toronto who has the last wild card spot and they lose 2 of 3 to the Red Sox who have been one of the most disappointing teams this season. They're now the Red Sox are now seven games out of the wild card spot, even after taking two of the th- three against the Rays. Um they've got such a talented team. It's hard to believe that they're seven games out of the wild card spot. But I mean they are it's how baseball goes, you got a such a talented roster. Chris Sale just keeps getting hurt. You've got Bogarts. you've got Devers, you've got Martinez, you've signed story in the offseason this is a team with a lot of expectations, and it just, it just doesn't work out for them. And then the Blue Jays, who were sitting comfortable in the wild card spot, and they take on an Angels team that has been struggling, and they get swept. That is not, not what you want to have happen. You're coming off a good series against the Red Sox. You sweep them in three games. Now you're playing an Angels team who is big time struggling this season, even with Trout and Otani. And your offense disappears. You score three runs in three games. You get shut out in two games. The Angels score 12, two, and 8 against you. When their offense has been almost non-existent, their pitching has been almost non-existent. And you're in the midst of a wild card race and you get swept. They do take on the Cubs next, which... I don't know, after the Angels series, it should be taken two out of three or sweeping that series... But they've got Baltimore right on their tail, so they're going to have to keep winning these games if they want to stay there. Another team with a disappointing series is the White Sox. The White Sox fighting for a playoff spot as well. They play the Diamondbacks at home. This is a team you should take care of. If you're the White Sox, you really want to sweep here so you can get back into this race, really make it interesting, and you get swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's just, I don't know. It's unacceptable. You lose seven to two, ten to five, and three to two. I've had i I talk. I don't talk to a lot of White Sox fans, but I know White Sox fans on Twitter. Specifically, Kenny Beecham is not a fan of Tony La Russa. Um, I'm not a fan of Tony La Russa. Being a Tigers fan, not a fan of the White Sox, but for their own good, they got to fire this man. He's it seems like he's not fully there. Once was a great, great manager, but he's just not all there. There's no way. You don't get swept by the Diamondbacks when you're the white you're you're too talented to get swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks at home when you're in a fight for the playoffs. It's it's unacceptable. We move on. The Padres, another team in a wild card race that have had some drama around them. Obviously Tatis gets suspended. Bad luck for them. They were one of the most hyped-up teams. They trade for Juan Soto. You're waiting for Tatis to come back. You're going to have Machado, Soto, and Tatis. He gets suspended. And you trade for Josh Hader at the deadline, which is going to be the biggest talk about this series. The Padres take 2-3 from the Royals. Did what they were supposed to do. But Josh Hader completely implodes. The last inning of this game... He gives up, I believe, a six-run inning on just, a th- just in a third of an inning. He only gets one out. Um, it's, I don't know, yeah, six earned runs in one-third of an inning. Season ERA is now 6.52. On the 4th of July, his ERA was at 1.05. Now at 6.52. That is... That is crazy, this is one of the best closers in the league Pretty much unhittable When he's on the Brewers Even before he got traded He kind of slowed down a little bit But man, since joining the Padres He has been awful A Jeff Passan tweet Since joining the Padres Haters thrown 4 and 2 thirds innings Allowed 12 runs on 12 hits With 7 walks and 8 strikeouts That is absolutely awful for supposedly one of the best relievers in baseball. It's it's crazy what's happened to the Padres. They're still probably going to make the playoffs. The Brewers are right on their tail, game and a half back. But I think the Padres are definitely going to hold on to that spot, get to the playoffs. I don't see them making too big of a run in the playoffs, but you never know. Then we'll move on to the Mets, when 3 of 4 from the Rockies. Mets are one of my favorite teams to watch in the league. Um, you've got Degrom and Scherzer, Edwin Diaz out of the bullpen. Is just Jacob Degrom to me is must see TV. I love watching that guy pitch. It's just one of the most talented players we've had in this era of baseball. You pair that with Max Scherzer and then Edwin Diaz out of the bullpen. It's just a very fun team to watch. They get shut out in the finale on Sunday, lose one to nothing, but they're sitting pretty comfortable. Well, not really, not really pretty comfortable at the top of their division because the Braves are right on their tail, only three games back. But the Mets have a good series. Do, take care of business against the Rockies. They have one of the easiest schedules in September. They should go into the playoffs hot. I think they end up winning that division. And yeah, I mean, it's they're a really good team, forced to be reckoned with in the playoffs, especially with those two pitchers. That's just a one-two punch where it's very possible that you just lose the first two games of the series. And speaking of the Braves, they take on the Cardinals in a three-game series. They lose two out of three to them. Cardinals are a very good team. Last night on Sunday Night Baseball, Cardinals win six to three. Um, the Cardinals are sitting in first place in the NL Central, six games ahead of the Brewers. Cardinals is getting hot again at the right time. Last year they won what sixteen games in a row to make it into the playoffs, and they're just peaking at the right time again. They're playing very good baseball, and looks like they're going to win that division. Hopefully, Pujols can get to seven hundred. He's been on a he was he's on a hot streak. He hasn't hit a home run in a little bit, but I think the whole whole country is rooting for him to get there. Um, I really hope he does. Be a great. Great story, he said he's not playing another year So this is it I believe he's 8-7 away So we gotta get him into into that lineup Gotta get him into that lineup Phillies Play the Pirates Easy series for them, once again they take care of business uh, Take 2 out of 3 from them Phillies are 9.5 back Of the Mets They are sitting comfortable in the wildcard spot 2.5 games above the Padres So it looks like the Phillies are going to make the playoffs They get Bryce Harper back which is huge for them. So I could see them making a run in the playoffs for sure. Getting Bryce Harper back. It's just, I don't know. You're in such a tough division with Atlanta and the Mets. The the NL in Generals is a very tough place to make it out of. you got the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers. Who are kind of like that upper tier. You've got the Cardner, Cardinals who are also a very good team. Kind of just the Phillies on the back burner and Milwaukee. It's just hard hard to get out of the NL. Speaking of the Dodgers, they take 2-3 from the Marlins. They do what they're supposed to do. They're turning Trace Thompson into a good Major League Baseball player. Um, actually, the Dodgers play another game against the Marlins tonight. Did not know that. Most series end on Sunday. Don't go into Monday. It's a weird thing to see, but they do. Um, I'm assuming they win this game. They got Gonsolin on the mound. He's 16 and one this year. Definitely assuming the Dodgers win that game. They have a almost 20 game lead on the Padres at this point. Running away with it. They're far and away the best team in the league by six games. Um, they're definitely they're the team to be beat right now. They signed Freddie Freeman. Their team is absolutely stacked. But can someone beat them? I think I think someone can beat them. It's just will someone beat them is the real question. Brewers take two out of three against the Cubs. Um, they had to do that. That's a, a series you have to win when you're in a wild card race. Would have been nice to take three. They lose the first one of the series in 10. But then they win the next two. They take on the Pirates now. Another easy series. Then the Diamondbacks. Then the Rockies. They have an easy schedule coming up. They're going to have to go on a little bit of a run. Take that wild card spot from the Padres. And then try and hold on to it, which is going to be very tough. And now two more series left from the weekend. Reds take two or three from the Nationals. At this point in the season, no one really cares. I mean, two of the bottom feeders of the league. The Nationals trade away Soto. The Reds have just been not very good. Tigers take two or three from the Rangers. My hometown team, the Tigers. They almost blow a nine-nothing lead in the last game of the series. Comes down nine to eight in the bottom of the ninth. Very Tigers thing to do, but I mean, Tigers take two or three from the Rangers. Not much going on there. Rangers have been such a weird team this season. I mean, they're fifty-eight and sixty-nine. That's eleven games under five hundred, and they got a plus-seven run differential. That's just very weird to look at. Being eleven games under five hundred with a plus seven one differential, you look at the White Sox, who're only two games under five hundred with a minus forty three. Just a very interesting team. Duran signed Semyen and Seager, and they just haven't amounted to much in that division. But that's going to be it for baseball and some other news. Uh, Shet Holmgren is going to be out for the season in the NBA. That's that's a tough blow for Oklahoma City. Tough blow just for the NBA playing in the Pro Am league against LeBron. Um, I think that's gonna be the end of that. Um young players playing in the Pro Am. And he gets I mean it's very unfortunate. Hate to see it. Hope he recovers quick, ready for next season. Just hate to see that for a top three pick. Um Julio Rodriguez signs a huge contract extension with the Mariners. Um they lock him up for a long time which is a good Good thing for the Mariners. He's been a stud this season. Yeah, that's pretty much all going on this week. Um, Kind of a short episode, but I'm probably going to record another one on Thursday. Um, Recapping, not recapping, but previewing the first real week of college football. And then NFL season will be coming soon. MLB still kicking into gear. Playoff race. Um, and the NHL and NBA is coming quicker than we think. NCAA basketball, there's going to be a lot of sports coming on here once we get to October. It's one of the best times of the year for sports. Um, summer's been such a dry spot. Really just in August, late July, early August through most of August, it's just been a dry spot. It's just baseball, that's it. But now we're going to have a lot of sports. It's just a great time to be alive right now. So thank you for listening.